I have received greetings and uh, sympathy comments from those in the Caribbean, Carl, and he expressed uh, shock and surprise, as most of us did. Um, there's Maxwell, I got a note from him. <clears throat> Yesterday, after the passing of Alan, I, uh, Seth reached out to those that were family members and some specific people that he knew that Alan would want reached with the news and of his passing. And then I tried to take the rest, those that were spread around in Africa and shared it with, I shared it with James and uh, haven't heard back from them yet. Their time differential is quite a bit different than ours. And then, uh, but Maxwell wrote back and said he was sorry to hear, but uh, just praising the Lord for, for the time that we've had with Alan. And then also I received a notification from, from Zimbabwe from Friday. And he, he has mentioned also his surprise. But you know, I, and then another announcement that we need to make, uh, Jimmy and Darla, they are finally, they were finally married. <laughs> finally. <laughs> and we rejoice with you on that. <laughs> Monday passed, was it not? Wednesday. 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 Oh, that's right. I just marvel at how God tied up so many loose ends in these last few days. This is just this past week. It's, uh, it's refreshing. It's, it's refreshing seeing the hand of the Lord at work. And that's good. That is good. I reflect on, on our time with Alan. We're all on a journey. We're, when you're born again, you become a pilgrim to this world and we're traveling through. And we're on a journey. And you've heard that before, I'm sure. And just to refresh our minds on this journey that we're through, that we're going through. We're going with the Lord, obviously. But this journey brings people across our pathway. And God so orchestrates our journey that He allows us to have a part in the journey together. Now we know there are many other Christians that are born again, that are different places. But uh, this journey, if you see your life as a journey, God had influenced Alan and brought Alan across our pathways by different ways. 
Alan and I, our pathway crossed school years ago, back in the 80s. And when they were, uh, he and Janet were getting ready to go back to the Bahamas to, to uh, minister again as missionaries there. And then I was just, Nancy and I were just starting deputation. And so our pathways crossed then. And while Alan was going, <laughs> when he went, I was, as I was on deputation, I was, I was helping gathering books and uh, syllabuses and things like that, that that would be of value to establishing a Bible Institute in the Bahamas. And I was gathering that together, and so I was sending books and stuff down to him. And, and you know, so we started to minister, not even hardly knowing each other. We started ministering together that way. But it was in 1995 that when Nancy and I came in on furlough, that, that a unique thing transpired between Alan and I in that uh, we were introduced to a book called The Reign of the Servant Kings. And Alan said, Ken, he said, you, you got to get this book. So I, I went, saw Louis Shuttle, got the book. He was at a conference selling his books uh, at Tennessee Temple at that time. And so I began to read and Alan began to read and we'd go back and then we'd get together and we'd talk for hours. <laughs> I, I, not short time, I mean hours. Sometimes I'd go in to the BIMI office and we'd sit, I'd sit down with him about nine o'clock or so in the morning after they had a devotion time and and we'd talk. we begin to talk. Sometimes we'd talk until noon. We'd go out, have lunch together, talking. We'd come back and we'd talk until four o'clock. His day was gone. His day was done. And uh, he didn't accomplish anything in the office that, that, those days. And, but I, I tried to restrain myself and uh, not take up all of his time every day of every week because I know he had other things that he had to do. But we became close spiritual brothers. And I found out that there is a tremendous value in having such a contact. To have people like that in your life. In many senses of the word, we grew in our knowledge of the kingdom and its glories and the studies and our responsibilities to it. We grew together in that. Even when we were down in Florida, <laughs> we'd get on the phone and we'd talk back and forth. And so looking back over that time period, that was a valuable journey that I had the privilege of sharing with Alan. Of course now, there's others of you that sat under his ministry at Grace in the Sunday school class, and you had a journey with him in that class. But God brings people across our paths through which I believe we learn together and grow together in the things of the Lord. His journey, at least here on the planet, 
has ended. Our journey continues. The, our journey isn't restricted just to those people that are in our path and that we share our walk with the Lord. It, 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 it's, it's, it, it's deeper than that. You see, the pathway isn't focused upon us. The pathway is focused upon Him. And I marvel at that, and I still look and study and try to understand more of what God has in store for us. And so we continue on with our journey. And God has brought us together, and so we're united together to walk together, I believe. Unless the Lord so desires to direct our pathway in a somewhat different direction through different people. And I see that he does that. But our pathway, we had the privilege given to us by God to share time, to have time, to study in the way Alan presented the word and the study of the word. That was rich, and we needed that. And God, God used him as our instrument for our benefit. And so when I look at the life, the time that we've been able to spend together, you had years before Nancy and I came back in 2012, joined in the fellowship. But that was part of the journey for us. And our journey continues on. And our journey has goals and objectives that have been ordained by God himself. That, that he has plans that continue on for us as we learn more of him and his word. And our journey together, I believe, continues. been a good journey so far been exciting I've enjoyed it I just kind of think a little bit about I don't know my, is this mic is it getting lost along the way anyway I begin to think you know what what it's going to be like when I get a chance to, to reunite with Alan again in the heavenlies. He's a step ahead of us. He's going to glean some things that before we will. I'll miss him. Because now I, I look to the Lord and, and I ask the Lord to bring another mentor my way. Somebody else that well, possibly, you know, that we can connect with and, and, and that we can grow together. And you need people like that. I need people like that in my life, and you do too. You do too. 
And, and I, I trust and pray that, that you will ask God to, to, to give you somebody that it's going to be close, that you can get close with, that you can discuss the things of Scripture. So that when we meet together in the heavenlies, when that day comes, we're going to be fully prepared. Alan finished his course. And like Paul said to Timothy, I kept the faith. And because he journeyed all the way through and he kept the faith, therefore a crown shall be awarded him. That's the way God works. In 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting with verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Verse 10, I like. The first word I really love. But God. But God has revealed them unto us. Those things expressed in verse 9, God tells us He's revealed those things to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. There's a lot of deep things in the Word of God that God has placed there and wants us to know about. And He's given to us the Spirit of God, His Spirit. And part of the work of the Spirit is to, to teach us, to show us, And, and that we can have a share in the knowledge of the truth, the, the marvelous truths that are within Scripture. Not just to know what the words are, but that this knowledge will affect our living. I look back Oh, just a few weeks back now. And when Alan came back from Nashville and prognosis, you know, he wasn't going to get the, the heart pump. And so, okay. Uh, word got, Alan passed the word around and word got to Carl. Carl, I believe, got the word to the, to the brethren in Africa. And one of those was James Dwyer. And James emailed, well, he, he texted me and he said, you know, when I, when I heard that, he said this, this was serious. He took it seriously. He never had met Alan, he only, well, what's been shared with him by others. And he prayed all night. And I know, I know James that when he said he prayed all night, 
That's what he did. He prayed all night. And then the next day, he texted me again, and he said, you know, he said, it's on my heart that this needs special prayer. And he said, to get God's attention when things are desperate, he said, he said, you got to do something different from the ordinary. And so he called and his sister joined in with him and they called a, a prayer team together. They called it a team prayer. And they went to a mountain in Rwanda. And some of you have been made aware of that. Some of you, maybe, maybe those on the internet have not, but others here may not have heard. But here was a group of they were expecting 30. I never heard a final number count, but I imagine it was close to that. And they separated themselves. They came apart. They traveled from different areas. And, and this is not, it wasn't a group that got together because of any one particular church. It wasn't because of any one particular denomination. It's, it's people that love the Lord and that had a heart for the things of God, that have a heart for the things of God, and they got together and they formed this prayer band years ago. And they got together to pray. He said they're going there to this mountain and they're going to go up the mountain, which was a two-hour hike up. And he said then they, they go up there and they, their, their goal, their objective was to pray for two days and two nights. When they got to the foot of the mountain to make the journey up, it was raining. It's the rainy season there at this time of the year. But here is a group of people that paid their own way, left their jobs, left their source of income, some left their husbands, some left their wives, so that they could gather together because they had a determined a determination that they were going to pray for two days and two nights concerning Alan. And then we also added Eileen to the list. And they had pictures of both of them, and they took the pictures. He said the reason we take the pictures is we're taking their presence with us in their hearts. What was I seeing? What was I learning? I was learning the truth of what James says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And they were praying for their total healing. Not just through pain and suffering. No, they were praying that they would be healed and believing they would be healed. I had to ask myself the question, what does my prayer life look like? I've never done that. 
I've never gone to a secluded place, climbed the mountain, or crawled into a closet for two days and two nights. They had no shelter there. They had but, but whatever cloth they brought with them to cover them while they prayed. And James was going to get another prayer team together and go to another mountain and pray. He said, because you got to do something that's going to catch God's attention. God needs to see that we are serious about our prayer. God opened my spiritual eyes and heart to another, a new level of the importance and the value of prayer within the church. And praying one for another. Not, doesn't have to be by name, it can be. You don't have to know the individual, you just need to know the circumstance. And they prayed. And what a challenge that's been for me. It caused me to think back to Ephesians chapter 6. Where we find the record of the, of the armor that God has provided. And this is armor that, that we need. It's not just for a good VBS focus point. No, this, this is armor that each one of us need in order to succeed in our Christian journey in life with the Lord. You need a strong faith. We need a knowledge of the Word of God. How much time do you spend in really going through the Word of God to learn. It's not enough just to hear somebody preach the Word. We need to be diligent. And then we need to ask the Spirit of God to open our minds and our hearts to receive that Word. The Spirit of God Verse 11 in Second Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 2 says in 10 that God has revealed truths to us by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit that searches the things of God. He doesn't search the things of God to know because He is God. He does know. His searching is different. It's not that. He knows. But he searches out, I think, the opportunities that come our way that we might get to know more about God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man, which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. And the Spirit of God will reveal truth to you and to me 
as we need it, as he sees that we're at the point to receive this additional truth to increase and to enhance our journey with him. Preparing us for that day when we'll be standing before the Lord and then he'll examine us. And he's not, he, there's no age reference here. You don't have to be old in age to be, to, to, to be able to do this. It, it's best that I wish I had applied myself with this perspective at an early age, but I didn't understand it like this at an early age in my Christian life. Alan didn't have a TV in the house, but he had books. He had his chair. And he spent many an hour just reading, reading what others had gleaned and what they found in the Word and, and, and food for thought and then asking the Holy Spirit to sort out uh, the true from the false so that, that he could know. I want to know it exactly, the Word of God, just like God wants me to know it. And the devil is out there trying to confuse our minds and our hearts with issues that, that are his direction and to steer us away from God and the knowledge of his truth. That's why our part of our armor is, is the word and to understand it and to know it and how to use it. Because we are in a constant battle with the wicked one. The demonic realm. I heard about it in school, but that's all. It was, I just heard about it. There's so much we had to learn that, you know, we never had time to camp there. But we need to camp in spots like that to find out just how serious this life is that our, our walk with the Lord is this journey you see there's there's the letter of the word and then there's the spirit of the word the letter of the word is what we get off the page it's what's implanted in our minds but the spirit of the word which is which comes from God is, is placed within our hearts. Now the word has to start in the head, I believe. But the understanding of what God is trying to get across to us, that can only come through the Holy Spirit. I can share what I see, but it's the Holy Spirit that will say, yeah, that's right. That, that, uh, now I understand I learned through this last few weeks of journey with Alan, I learned a level of prayer I never saw and understood before. In Ephesians 6, after all the armor is listed, we're told to pray. 
And we're told to pray one for another. Because we're on this journey through life together. We've been united by God through Christ in the Holy Spirit. And we need one another. We're the body of Christ. I love that teaching in the book of Ephesians. I don't like the translated word for ecclesia as being church. I, I, I don't like it. I, I don't feel it, it. It has too much baggage that comes along with it. We, we get too much extraneous thinking and thoughts in our minds when that word appears. I like the word assembly. It, it's, it's God's people that assemble together. And then we're, we need to picture, we need to understand this, this teaching of the body of Christ. That's why it's so valuable that, that you spend some time in the book of Ephesians. The body of Christ. As a body. When one hurts, we all hurt. And now we're experiencing it in a new way, perhaps, than we've ever recognized it before. I know the hurt you sense and you feel. I feel it too. Because we're part of the same body. So the body of Christ, oh, I'm learning. I'm learning through experience the depth and the richness of the love of Christ. And this body of Christ that he is putting together and building. He's assembling. He is. I like Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, it's, it's the timeline. Talks about eternity past. Talks about creation. Talks about where we are. Talks about what God has in store. His determined purpose. Oh, how important that is. I was never taught that in school. It came through the direction of the Holy Spirit as, as I got together with other people of God. As I read and as I studied and as I wanted to know, that passion has grown in me. I, I hope you have a passion that is growing in you concerning the things of God. Because one day we're going to meet him face to face. And I think the more we can learn and the more we appreciate and the more we, we empathize on what God is and what Christ is and what's all about, what it's all about, 
we'll appreciate it even more so then. Now's the day, though, that we need to be putting these thoughts together. We need to be building our spiritual self through the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. The Spirit of the Word. Today, people are expressing their fear, their uncertainty of the world. Oh, we're going to destroy the world through destruction, through the A-bomb. And now we're going to smog it to death through pollution. There is pollution out here in the atmosphere. Well, I, I reflect, I remember years ago when I was first starting to fly in an airplane. I, I could fly over, even over California. In, in you could fly up and, and, and the, the, the sky, the air was just clean. You could see mountains far away. And I remember as time went on that seems to be getting more and more, well, some people say foggy. I said, no, 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 that's not fog, that's smog. There's a difference. Fog dissipates, goes away, smog doesn't. No, I knew a place about smog because I, I used to fly over Southern California and that was smog. We knew smog from fog. Well, it's, it's changed some, at least here in America. Others on the planet now, they're, they're contributing. It's, but people are dis, disturbed over that. And they're afraid we're going to smog ourselves to death. They got all sorts of fears. It's one girl over there I know, from Sweden that, that you know she's she's making a big splash you know in in the matter of climate change I love the word of God where you can read hey do you ever read the, the book of Revelation I'm, I'm sure you have who, who does God tell us that's in control of the weather he tells us there are angels that control the weather. It's in the angelic realm. You can read it for yourself. There are angelic beings that, that control other things that, that, that we get so upset about and worried about and, and we feel that, well, we, man, is going to have to do something about it. No. If you want to do something about it, pray about it. I mean with a fervency. Let God do I love 2 Peter chapter 3. I, I've, I've marveled in that chapter for a long time, a number of years. God tells us that He has reserved the world, this earth, for the day of fire, a judgment of fire. doesn't tell us how he's going to bring that about. He just tells us it's going to be. Because he's ordained it. It's on his calendar. May not be on ours, but it's on his. 
something else that I enjoy and that has come to really speak to my mind and my heart is about being an heir, an inheritor of all things. The Word of God tells us that Christ is to inherit everything. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. Interesting, interesting words. You know, until we camp, until we, we, we settle down in, in a portion of Scripture and look at it and take our time in it rather than just read through it, God has in these last days spoken unto us by His Son. A familiar verse to all of us, I imagine. Then he tells us about his son, whom he hath appointed heir. He's appointed him heir of all things. And it is through him that he has made the world. That word for world should be translated ages. Ages of time periods. And he's the heir of this. It's exciting to read in the scripture that we're joint heirs. We could be a joint heir with him. God determined this. He appointed Christ Christ is, is the one, God in flesh form. And we can join with him in heirs. When did he do all this stuff? When did he make these determinations? Before he ever created the world. Before he created the earth. So all what is done that is set into play, set into motion by God has been predetermined and has been determined by God himself that this is what's going to happen and when it's going to happen, the order in which it's going to happen. And it's there for us to know and to understand so that we will be ready and prepared for the day when we will have to stand before God. And obviously in that day there will be no excuse. We'll be held accountable for the time that we've used, the time we've wasted. We'll be held accountable for our diligence. We've been called by God. We've been called with a holy calling. And a holy calling that 
we can enter into but not every Christian I believe enters into that holy calling they don't want to get that serious for the things of God I do not believe I do not believe that any one of us could become too serious in the matters concerning God and his Christ in the time that we've been privileged by God to enjoy that which God was revealing to Alan and he in turn would share with us either from the pulpit from the classroom or just casual talk that's part of God's plan in developing you and me are you working with God or are you working against God Christians working against God oh yeah very real and it happens I appreciate James why you and Africa oh that poor man I call him a boy because he's much younger than me I'm a little more than twice his age but he gets discouraged I know people in the Bible that got discouraged too and they needed to be encouraged and I guess one aspect of my ministry is to be of encouragement to him why did God bring our paths across well I look at him and see how God has worked in his life how God is working in his life and I marvel because I haven't even come close to laboring for the Lord as he has and and I get discouraged along the way and James gets discouraged along the way and it seems that God brings brought our lives together so we could be encouragement to each other and that's really I believe why we can gather face to face because I get encouragement when I see you and I know Alan did too we encourage one another <laughs> your, when your presence isn't here it's just not the same that fellowship God appointed him the heir and he determined that he purposed that before he ever created he purposed our walk before him how we are to walk he purposed how we are to evangelize Alan was big on mission and we talk missions because we've been there we've done that we still have a heart we still have a heart for that 
to reach out. I think of James, again, in Africa. Reaching out. Going to strange places. And wherever God would put pressures on him and he'd run to here and run to there, he always was evangelizing. And people always got saved. Unusual stories I could tell. Perhaps for days. But God has an unusual story for each one of us in our own personal lives. We're to walk before God. And God gives us the instructions. The instructions are in the book. Our responsibility is to read the book. To get the instructions that we need personally and then share one with another in our walk so that we walk together because one day we're going to serve together in a newness, in, in, in the spirit of Christ. That, that's what God has in store for us. That, that's God's purpose for us as the body of Christ to do the work of Christ as a body in His absence. And one day, he's coming back. How should we respond? I, how's God speaking to your heart in that matter of response? 